This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. Can I tell you in a in a sort of a sick, twisted way? I like Seattle's neon green. That is the most illogical attitude. Yeah, I don't like the color rush uniforms. They look like a bunch of floating blueberries out on the field. You've really done it this time, haven't you, Wonka? Let's put it this way. There have been some high-level meetings being held, and much discussion has taken place. And now you know the rest of the story. Now, here's your host of Patriots Playbook, John Rook. It's great to say that when we come back and do the playbook live, it's great to say when we actually have breaking news. Do you have a breaking news sounder, Matt, that we can play? And? When news breaks, we break it. Yes. I <laughs> love it. Uh, welcome to the playbook, everybody, because um, we are here at Gillette Stadium. It's day one of NFL training camp. Uh, got an action-packed couple of hours for you here. We'll update you on some of the things that we observed and some of the things that happened uh, at uh, practice this morning because practice is, is, uh, has actually ended for the day. And, of course, if you didn't know already, Sir Elton John is performing here tonight, first of two concerts that he's giving here at Gillette. And so it's just a madhouse around everywhere uh, the stadium tonight. But I mentioned breaking news. Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has just released its finalists uh, for the coach and contributor for the class of 2023. We know Richard Seymour is a part of the class of 2022 getting in this summer. But in the class of 2023, uh, our own Robert K. Kraft is made the list of 12 finalists for 2023 so congratulations to mr Kraft. uh I, I can't say that i'm terribly surprised i can't imagine too many people in patriots nation would be surprised with this largely because of his influence overall not only on uh the fortunes of this franchise but really fortunes innovation wealth growth popularity all of it as far as pro football in this country is considered. So, you know, Mr. Kraft, the, the short of it is owner and chairman and CEO of the Patriots since 1994. Patriots, of course, have won six Super Bowls in that time and um, is obviously very deserving. And it would be a stunner if he did not make the class of 2023. But at the same time, um, we did want to let you know that the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame just released that like literally minutes ago. Uh, close to the top of the hour. So congratulations to Mr. Kraft. Congratulations to the Kraft family. It's extraordinarily deserved. And I think we, uh, as observers, as media, as fans, as hanger-oners like, you know, me and Maureen are, uh, we'll do whatever we can to help the cause, right? think we should all right so here's the uh, here's the way we roll uh for this week because uh, for the uninitiated uh our program during the off season is once a month we usually pick the last uh wednesday of a month in particular until we get to the regular season where we run weekly shows during the course of the year and so this is our next to last preseason or shall we say off-season program even though technically today was the day training camp started not only in new england but around the national football league so pretty cool thing Football is back. It's, 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 I, I just told the security guard on the way in. I said, honestly, I'm happy and I'm sad at the same time. Have you gotten a chance to go to the beach? I haven't played enough golf yet. I haven't had a chance to you know, sun my backside yet. You know, 
Not that the son wants to look at my backside, but I, I just haven't had a chance to do that yet. The, um, the, the one thing that we, we love to do about July's show, and we'll do one at the uh, our last off-season show, if you will, will actually be on August 31st, right? Wednesday, August 31st. And then we step right into the regular season with the first week of September. I think that's September 8th, Thursday, September 8th. Look at the calendar. Matt's turning. He's looking. I believe that's the date. At any rate, that'll be our first regular season show, technically. So we'll do one on August 31, and then we'll start uh, weekly throughout the course of the season uh, on uh, September 8th. But our July show has always been unique in the last uh, six, seven years. now. I think this is the seventh year that we've done this because uh, many of you know that uh, part of the um, – routine that I have during the course of um, the calendar year is to serve as a college professor at Dean College, which is an academic partner of the Patriots and craft sports and entertainment. Uh, and the subjects that I teach have to do certainly with communications and sports broadcasting. So this is the seventh summer that I have actually taught a pre-college summer program. Or if you want to call it summer camp, you can. But these guys are not, you know, your typical summer camp summer campers with, you know, backpacks and lollipops and you know, you know, cut knees and things like that. Now, uh, these guys that I have in the group uh, this year uh, are all 16, 17, 18 years old, getting ready to go to college. They're looking at schools that they want to go to potentially uh, move themselves into this realm. I know it's hard to believe that someone would actually want to do what I do or what you want to do, Matt, uh, for a living. But, hey, we're here to educate them, you know, and maybe even scare them away. It's possible. Uh, although, uh, knowing as with the way we roll on this show, when we do this show, uh, they may leave the studio today thinking, God, I can do better than that. So, I, you know, hey, that's great. I hope that they do. Uh, I would very much love the day that I get sent packing to be replaced by somebody who I taught. I mean, if you're gonna, we're all gonna be replaced, right? So I'd be perfectly okay, perfectly okay, if it's somebody I taught, because then I can hold it over his head for the rest of his life. See, that's the way it works. And if I ever need a job, yo, dude, remember whose job you stole? Okay. By the way, that has happened already in my career. <laughs> Who haven't you taught? <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems like that now, doesn't it? I know. So uh, today, uh, the, the setup today is is we've come up with four key questions. We call them four big questions, however you want to talk about it. But four big questions for the Patriots surrounding in, in 2022. And I've given each panel, each group of students here today, uh, my sports broadcasters, a subject to research, which they've been doing since last night. Uh, I've been working feverishly today to make sure that they, you know, overturn every stone they possibly can. Uh, and we're just going to talk football surrounding these four main topics for the next couple of hours. And we hope that you uh, listen in. We hope that you enjoy. And we want you to participate. So, you know, uh, whether you agree or disagree with anything that is said on the program by either me, and I know most everybody disagrees, but that's fine because that's how the world rolls. This is how we keep it rotating on its axis. We disagree a lot, and, and that's fine. But if you want to agree or disagree with anything anybody has to say today, here's how you get in touch with the program. It's a toll-free telephone number, 855-PATS-500, 855-PATS-500. Pick up the phone, dial it, go. You're on. You can talk to the Marine himself, and uh, he won't let yell at you. He might make you drop and do 20, but he won't yell at you. Uh, and then uh, if you want to try email, webradio at patriots.com. 
Pretty simple. Web radio at Patriots.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter. It's at JRBroadcaster, the Twitter handle. Or you can go to my Facebook page at John.Rook, R-O-O-K-E, and log in there and post your question uh, where we have the show posted for today when we uh, preview the show. And you can participate that way. So there's four different ways that you can actually participate in the show. Pick up the phone, email, tweet, or post on Facebook. Um, the topics that we're going to kind of hit at today, and maybe there's a topic in particular that you're kind of thinking about yourself, like, you know, I really think this is like, you know, n- the number one issue that I'm thinking about with this team coming in. Um, the topics we're going to talk about, who will ultimately play in the defensive backfield, especially at corner? Number two, what will the Patriots linebacking core look like, and who's going to start? Do we even really know? Number three, what young player or players, and and largely we're kind of holding this to first or second year players, but it could be a younger player who hasn't had a lot of playing time in his NFL career. What young player or players could rise and surprise with playing time for this team this season? And then topic number four today, does it really matter who calls the plays? Everybody's so fixated on, oh, my God, the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator. They don't have a defensive coordinator. Uh, Mac Jones, his growth is going to be stunted. What are we going to do? Just chill. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be chill about it and let them try to play. Now, look, if we get into week four or five or six and this team is flopping like a fish out of water, then, okay, fair game. Coaches are fair game. Because clearly whatever they've strategized to do is not working. But I think at the very least, look, and I know that a lot of the media, certainly around this area, I know Tommy Curran and Phil Perry and some of the guys that we have on this show from time to time, uh, they're all kind of, you know, quizzically scratching their heads and wondering, well, how come the Patriots are the only team that don't have this in the NFL? And look, I think we all have to understand that Bill Belichick, marches to the beat of his own drummer, and he always has. Bill Belichick also largely looks after his own, and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are his own. They come from his tree. They've been head coaches now. You can certainly make the argument that they haven't entirely been successful head coaches in the NFL, but they have been head coaches in the NFL, so they had to have something, something going on in order to get that job in the first place. Now, let's all recall here. Let's go, let's let's take the Wayback Machine back to the 1990s for a moment because Bill Belichick, when he started out as a head coach in the NFL, how did he do in Cleveland? Not good got fired. So Bill didn't become Bill, BB as we like to call him. He didn't become that until he came to New England and started winning. So he's going to do what he can to potentially, I think, groom, um, grow, uh, enhance, help out, encourage, um, all of the the above – to his guys that have come from his coaching tree. Number one, because he's friends with them. Number two, because he sees a football future in them. And number three, he knows they want to be head coaches again, so he's going to give them every opportunity to improve that resume, move up the ladder, and get the job again. Now, you may or may not agree with that assessment. You might think that Matt Patricia is the worst thing since sliced bread, that Joe Judge Judge doesn't know his ankle from, you know, his head. Okay, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I'm not here to judge that. What I am here to tell you is 
how I think and how I perceive Bill Belichick operates, and this is his 22nd year as head coach that he's embarking upon today with training camp opening up here today. So that's the thought process here. So it really doesn't matter, I don't think, who calls the plays, but we'll have a group of uh, uh, aspiring sports broadcasters to talk about that very subject here in just a little bit. Uh, just quickly, I'll hit you on a couple of the headlines from training camp today, and then we're going to jump into our, our subjects. But Matt Patricia, speaking of Coach Patricia, he did call the plays today at practice. In case anybody cares, anybody's interested, he did all the play calling during the 11-on-11s and all the 7-on-7s today. I don't know that that means anything. Other than he started, I feel quite certain that at some point in time there will be others that will probably call plays. But at the very least, he has started with that. Uh, Mac Jones during the 11 on 11s and and um, uh, seven on sevens. Uh, and thanks to Andrew Callahan from the Herald for passing along some stats here. Uh, 18 for 22 throwing the ball, so a pretty good start to the day. I know that Brian Hoyer had a couple of uh, lawn darts that he threw into Devontae Parker in the end zone, so it looked like Devontae was, especially in short yardage situations, Mike could develop into a red zone threat. I don't know, but it certainly looked, from my vantage point, like, okay, we're going to test this, we're going to test it early, and we're going to see him pick on some corners. And the Patriots, admittedly, we're not sure what we have at corner, which is one of our topics we're going to talk about today, but the Patriots' corners aren't exactly, you know, six foot seven out there either. And Devontae is a big dude. So we might see more of that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen somewhere else. Uh, but the Parker did do well today in red zone drills. Three contested catches for touchdowns. And he lost one to Jalen Mills. So kudos to Mills. Mills, by the way, my thinking is he probably has the inside track for one of the starting spots. Probably. But we got, you know, a month of practice to go here, gang, before we really have to start thinking about it and three preseason games to get through. But at the very least, that's one of the names you could think about. Um, Joan Williams also had an interception today, if you're thinking defensive backs and backfield as well. Uh, pass breakups, Mills had one, Bledsoe had one. So uh, let's see, what else? Offense won the day. Callahan tweeted out earlier that uh, offense won the day except from a red zone stretch with four pass breakups in six plays. Okay? Well, it's not like the – I would tell, I would explain that off, first of all, by saying, hey, good job by the defense. Second of all, it's not like they didn't know what was coming when you're in red zone drills. Okay? So they kind of know that they're going to get picked on. So the fact that they were able to knock those plays off, knock those passes around, I don't think it's too much to get terribly serious about. But, hey – Pretty good start there. And, and the other guy that I'm kind of looking at, I'm really going to be anxious to watch throughout, and maybe this is where my first group of students can kind of chime in with here, is Tyquan Thornton, rookie wide receiver from Baylor. And uh, he made a couple of diving end zone catches for touchdowns today in practice. So a good start for the rookie, showing some early separation in these situations. All right, so uh, my Dean Sports Broadcasters are here. I got Alex, I got John, I got Mike at the microphones here. So, guys, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves and tell us where you're from. Hey, everybody. I am Alex Kuchenmeister, and I am from Wilton, Connecticut. Wilton, Connecticut? Wilton, Connecticut. So, in Wilton, Connecticut, are you a Giants fan or a Patriots fan? I'm neither, actually. What? Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually a Detroit Lions fan. What? Yeah. It's a little bit of a, it's not as fun to watch those <laughs> games as Patriots games, but 
I still enjoy the NFL. So you probably have a definitive idea about what you think on Matt Patricia's part, right? Yes, I definitely have my opinions about him. You want to share one? Well, my opinion is I do not think that he should be in a head coaching role anytime soon, and I just I feel like when he's not with Bill Belichick, he's not as successful as he could be. Tell me one thing, though, that you liked about Matt Patricia when he was the coach of your Lions. I liked that he had multiple different defensive schemes for us to throw at other teams. I liked how we had sometimes we'd send three guys, sometimes we'd send six guys. It was never predictable what we'd do on defense whenever he was our coach. That's what I liked about him. That's what he brings from the uh, the defensive coordinator spot that he has. Fair assessment. What do you think then about everybody being up in arms here as Patriots fans thinking, how can a defensive guy or an offensive line guy or a guy who – floundered at Detroit how can he be the play caller for the Patriots this year well I think that uh his play calling I think that he really could excel at the defensive side of that I haven't really seen him call offensive plays because I think we had our offensive coordinator doing that whenever he was there but uh I think that him play calling that could be successful I think that the Patriots could really uh they could show uh better than their actual uh linebacker and defensive back spots are they could show uh a better uh, a better performance than they really have there That's fair. with the talent, and I think he could really help them there. That's fair. What year are you in school, Alex? I am going into sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay, yes. so you're probably the youngest one in camp, right? Yes, I am. You already determined that? So yes. How, so, so how has the week in college been? It's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. I really enjoy uh, hanging out with the older kids. They're pretty nice. We like to talk sports. We like to talk the entire NFL, and... I get to hear some Patriots perspectives here that I wouldn't really hear normally in Connecticut. How did you get to be a Lions fan, though? Can I ask you that one, too? Uh, my dad, actually, he grew up right outside Detroit gotcha. as a kid. Yeah, he was a he was one of the big Lions fans up there. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. All right, John, introduce yourself. Where are you from? I'm John McHale, and I'm from Nyack, New York. Nyack. Oh, my God, a New Yorker. So let me guess. Giants or Jets? If you're I'm Nyack, you're neither? Neither. Neither? Which team? Uh, I'd probably go for the Packers. Really? What is wrong with you guys? Really? Look, How I did you get to be a Packer fan? Uh, honestly, it's just by uh, random choice. Uh, I just, just, you know, just pick them just randomly, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Mike, introduce yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I'm Michael Batson, and I'm uh, from Chicago, Illinois. Wow, Chicago. i got three out-of-staters here. This is unbelievable. And is your team the Bears? Yeah. Really? No kidding. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you like about the Bears, and what do you not like about the Bears? Because we won't mention the Bears again this afternoon, probably. Well, well, with Nagy, it was hard to watch because the play Kong was just so, you know, modest. And, you know, you, you know, you see Kansas City throwing these, like, 30-yard, you know, throws and open, you know, calls and then and then and then bears are running it on third and four to you know dave montgomery <laughs> so i mean i mean i mean the offense isn't very fun to watch i mean the defense is getting older i mean we traded away cleo mack and you know roquan smith you know the 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 defensive guys are at their prime now you know you saw off mack roquan smith is not as dominant i think with that you know the cody cody parkey kick and you know we had we had everything there except for the QB, Patrick Mahomes, and and it just didn't fall. But I think if we picked Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, we would have won the Super Bowl that year. I mean, we, we had the offense. We had the defense. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. All right. Now we got the, uh, the the home crowd stuff out of the way. You guys know that, you know, your first jobs in the business are undoubtedly not going to be where your favorite teams are located. 
right? Because one of the things that we've learned this week is that you take a job whenever, wherever you get it, it'll probably be in a smaller city, smaller market, some of the things we talked about. So what we wanted you to do, one of the challenges that you had this week is to cover a team that you're not used to covering. Hello, New England Patriots. All right, the, the question that I gave your group, what young player or players could rise in surprise with playing time this season? So we're talking rookie, second-year, young pros that haven't had the playing time in New England, if they've been here before, that you think are in position to actually get playing time and maybe even play a significant factor this year. Do you want to start, Alex? All right, I'll start with the uh, one of the rookies coming into this season. It's the, the Patriots' first-round pick this last uh, draft, and that would be Cole Strange, the guard from the Tennessee, uh, the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Okay. So some stuff that I've seen it from him. He is actually projected to be starting for the Patriots in 2022. So even though he might have been an unpopular pick, he's actually filling a need for them, and uh, it's just it's really just helping them uh, win the the battle in the trenches. Uh, which is really big, obviously, for any football team that's trying to, to win big games. Yeah. Uh, he's 23 years old. He stands at six foot four. He's 307 pounds. So he's a good size for an offensive lineman, and he's, he's relatively young. He, uh, he actually, uh, I got some stats from the combine. He had a 40-yard dash time of 503 which is actually much better than the average left guard time, which is uh, a 537. That's, that's a very good time for a big dude. Yes. That's yes. hauling. Yeah. That is that's a I have a comparison about him to another guard that I saw had a great 40 time as well that I feel like he could potentially live up to uh to be a player similar to him. But uh one of the downsides about Strange is uh he had only 31 bench reps at the combine, which is uh on the lower end for a lineman. Hmm. But uh he's still a good weight and I feel like watching him he's pretty light on his feet. I like how uh I like how he always looks for his blocks so even when he's unengaged he's a guard he's being pulled as the guard he could still he's still looking for blocks he's still trying to get laterally and to block the blitzers and i still i like to i like how whenever i'm watching him i can see that he is able to block blitzers so if he's being pulled in a situation like that he can laterally block uh very well which is not very common for a guard and i feel like he really does that well and so uh I think that one of the last things that I want to say about Strange is he actually reminds me a little bit of Larry Allen, who is, uh, if anybody doesn't know, he's a really good left guard for the Cowboys and 49ers of the past. And I feel like the agility of Strange and his above-average 40 time is actually very similar to Larry Allen. And like Allen, Strange will be able to block more consistently in uh, zone run plays where he can (laughs) use his uh, athleticism to to set up blocks for his running backs. I I don't even know know where to go from here. I mean, you know, maybe I should just bow out and let Alex host the show. Talking to your replacement, John. Right? Right? I just said that earlier, didn't I? Good job, research. Thank you. Good Thank job you of research. Sir. Really, I li- I love the comparison to Larry Allen, though. I mean, I you know, I think that should give you know fans a chance to sort of picture how you think Cole might end up becoming. If he could become Larry Allen, who's a Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber player, then I think the Patriots would be in really good shape. And one of the things that we've talked about, you know, since the draft over the last couple of months, is the fact that look, uh, the Patriots traditionally like when they draft a plug and play. 
They find guys that they know that can play right away. They, so it's not fancy. They don't get you know they don't go for the, the the hot name. They go for a guy that they know they can depend upon to be in the starting lineup from day one. And so we said with Cole Strange's pick, that is a typical. Bill Belichick in New England Patriot plug-and-play draft pick. The guy that can come in, take the spot, hold it for 10 years, you know, knock on wood, right, and you know, for injuries and stuff, and then keep it and develop into a, uh, you know, an all-pro caliber player. It sounds to me like, you know, uh, he's got the chance, although I will admit, I'm not sure why, maybe his lack of, um, I don't want to say lack of strength, the dude could you know bench press all of us together all at once, but all I'm saying is with the 31 reps, maybe that's just because of his quickness. Yes, I, yeah, I feel like he, he really excels in one area, and the 31 reps, it's not like it's just, it's not like it's a huge uh, downfall for him. Yeah, right. He really excels in one area, and he's not losing much in the other, so I feel like right. this is definitely a typical Patriots pick right here. Yeah. Agreed with you, John. Who do you? Who else do you think? You got somebody in mind that uh, you're thinking might to actually show up and get some PT this year? Definitely. Uh, so I think. Um, yep. Is your mic even on? Yeah. There you go. Oh, you were trying to cough earlier. Okay. Now it's on. Go. So uh, yeah, definitely. So I think um, I personally think Sam Roberts at defensive end. Okay. Uh, you know, he came from uh, Northwest Missouri State. Um, he's 24 years old. Uh, he had six and a half sacks last year in college, mm-hmm. um, and I know like the you know the currently the starting defensive ends for the Patriots are Dietrich Wise Jr. and Hen- Henry Anderson, but neither of them had more than three sacks last season. Uh, but Sam Roberts had like 18 for loss at uh, Northwest Missouri State, you know, which is like the eight best uh, beer in Bearcat history. Um, you know, I think another upside of playing uh, Roberts is his movement for his size is very good for a rookie. Yeah, and so that's why I can th- I definitely th- I think he'll be a surprise for friends uh, with playing time in 2022. Roberts, sixth-round draft pick. Uh, let's see, 6'5", 295, right? Yeah, okay. Excellent. Now, here's a guy, though, as a Division II player that probably comes in with a little bit of the, the spyglass on him anyway. But the Patriots have had a very successful Division II player over the last couple of years where I don't think anybody should be surprised that they took him, right? So in this regard, uh, this could be an opportunity again for a smaller school player to kind of get his name known, right, and get his action known, right? Okay, good stuff. All right, Michael, who you got? Who do you like Uh, as far as a, a potential newbie getting a playing time? Uh, I have a QB kind of from another smaller school. Uh, from He's a rookie from Western Michigan. It's Bailey Zapp. Uh, he was selected in the fourth round. And uh, and and in Western Kentucky, he played actually really good. He uh, led the nation in yards. He had uh, he led it in yards by 1,095 uh, yards. In touchdowns, he led by 15. The second most was Bryce Young from Alabama. And uh, in 2021, he had a completion percentage of 69.5. That's really good. Yep. And... And uh, you know, people will say, you know, uh, you know, Western Kentucky isn't 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 great. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, you know, Western Kentucky to the NFL will be a b- big move, and it is. But like when he played at Appalachian State last year in a bowl game, he had 422 yards. And Appalachian State isn't that bad of a program, and he broke the FBS single season record. That I said right. And uh, Bailey Zapp, he has he he, he has good accuracy on short and immediate throws. He 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 throws a good deep ball. He's a good thrower. Went on moving out of the pocket, uh, not not 
not a great athlete, you know, like Patrick or uh, Lamar Jackson, but but he could run and not. Uh, and, and I think he could very easily beat out Hoyer for the backup job behind McAdoo. I think eventually I'm going to agree with you on that one. But here's the thing. We won't see, uh, we won't see Zappi until – well, we'll see him probably in the preseason. And then if we see him at all during the regular season, something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying, okay, that's a good observation. And you're right. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, at Western Kentucky. I re- became aware of him at Appalachian, he tr- then he transferred to Western Kentucky. I think I saw him play last year. I'm trying to remember the game I saw on TV. I think it was Texas San Antonio. Uh, it, oh, it was a uh, uh, Conference USA title game, I think. And he threw for like 700 yards, something astronomical in the game. And I'm thinking, wow, if you're ever looking for a guy, and I didn't even think about it, but if you're ever looking for a guy that can get it down the field, this guy looks like he can. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, they end up drafting him. So, um Will he show? Well, he'll have to show in the preseason, I would imagine, although I can't imagine that Mac wouldn't get uh, significant you know, first quarter or first half snaps, at least in a couple of those games, because let's face it, he's going through his first training camp as the starter. He's only been around for a year. So Zappi is only going to be a project. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think at some point in time they do feel like he could move into the potential backup role. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, 855-PATS-500. Sean's in Vancouver, wants to join the conversation. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, John, good to speak with you again. How yep. have you been? You too, man. It's all good. I'm just, gl- I'm, um, just, I'm just glad it started, you know? Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for this. So the four topics, I'm going to go to them quickly because I wanted to bring up something you kind of alluded to uh, a little earlier. Yeah, sure. Uh, the secondary, I, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of safety play and uh, – I, uh, I'm going to kind of uh, give way to what Deuce was saying in terms of the corners, and Terrence Mitchell might actually be one of the starters with Mills. Okay. We'll, we'll see uh, a, a lot of rotation within that, and hopefully so, so you're not, we need Jonathan Jones. So you're not thinking Malcolm Butler is going to figure into this thing at all? No, he could be there. I'm not saying he's going to get cut, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, you know what I like about Mitchell is he's he's got that – that kind of fight where he's always been down yep, and he's yep. always seemed to come back. So okay. uh, even though he didn't necessarily have uh, the innate, innate skills that some other players have, uh, he has that drive. So I, I kind of like that. And probably Butler might have that as well since he's been away for a year. Maybe he wants to. I'll see how hungry he is, right? Right. Uh, That's true. But I'm not, I'm not ruling anybody out. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a mystery anyway. Right. So we'll see what happens. And linebackers, uh, Bentley, I, I imagine, will be there every first and second down. He's going to be a stable. But I don't know if you count the uh, the edge guys as linebackers because Judon's going to play every down. So he'll be there if he's a linebacker or not. But you need someone on the other side. So if see who emerges, if it's going to be Perkins, it's going to be Uche, it's, uh, you know, someone has to come up and be able to set the edge on the other side. Maybe they'll, they'll bring back um, someone like... Uh, uh, the, the guy went to Detroit. Um, I've been mentioned as a free agent. Uh, yeah, I can't for some of the names. What, case me, but that just left the team. Are you, ta- are you talking about Jamie mm-hmm. Collins? No, no, no. Um, he was with the Patriots uh, before and showed some pass rushing. Flowers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fla- yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Trey Flowers. Yeah. Yeah. A young player that that could be on the rise. Uh, I think he rookie um, Pierre Strong. Would, if um, we don't see. James White come back if he if he can't recover. Uh, I think uh, he he could fight for um, that third down 
fought with uh, Montgomery, so we'll see what happens with, with uh, Pierce Strong. Right. Um, and there's another young player I want to talk about, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Um, I'll just get your fourth topic. Um, does it really matter about play calling? Yes and no. I, I think play calling is important, but I think the Patriots have the best head coach of all time, and uh, he's going to be able to help things um, be pretty well coached. Uh, I mean, they're going to change things, I think, make things a little simpler so it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out how to call offensive plays. And I think there's been a little bit too much made of this. I hear way more about the Patriots play calling and troubles of coaching than I do, say, Miami, who has a, a rookie head coach. Uh, I, I'd rather be in our situation with the best head coach in the world than than a new um, question mark at, at head coach. And even if you do have uh, someone who's may be considered more. I, I think yeah I just I think Sean I think uh, Sean too too many people are, are getting you know all high and tight on this and, and, and I don't think there's any yeah. I don't think there's any need for it look I have to admit like everybody else it's strange because it's just nobody's done it before but I mean then again cool. this this is the Patriots this is Bill Belichick and you know they've never done things by the book when is the when no. have the Patriots done things by the book so well, only if they write it, right? Yeah, kind of. They authored the book. So I mean, you know, let's let's look at it this way. If the Patriots have any kind of success at all, don't be surprised to see other teams follow that model, you know, and decide, you know, hey, well, first of all, we're, we don't want to be known as you know, running team, passing team, throwing team. You know, we, we don't want to be known as that. We want to keep the other teams guessing. And look. Fact is, is that in this day and age, anybody can get anything, you know, off of the net. They share film, they share tape, they share, you know, the all twenty twos. I mean, everybody knows what everybody's going to call. So this is not rocket science that we're dealing with here. You, you try to look at coaches who might, you know, have a tendency to call certain plays in certain situations, and that's really about it. Nobody really knows what Matt Patricia is going to call, or what Joe Judge is going to call, or who anybody's going to call. Or- Belichick. Right, or even Bill Belichick. So why would we tell them? That's just kind of how I've always looked at it. Yeah, for sure. And and talking about books, I've talked about this last month, the book that I I really think every Patriots fan or anybody who has an interest in football should read is The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict. And that really says a lot about Kraft being in the Hall of Fame. Because this dynasty is, is all about three people, mostly. It's Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. And, yeah, and then no one. Yeah, they don't exist without each other. No, that's true. Together with the three of them, the, the, the three of them as as a as an entity are, are way you know the group is stronger than the individual, and and I don't think any one of those three would necessarily disagree with that, and that includes Tom, with all due respect. You know, we love Tom for what he did here, you know, over his time. And and that will never go away. It's a part of the history books. You know, Mr. Kraft and Coach Belichick are still here, and they're trying to rebuild to get back to that level. And I'm certainly not going to doubt them for doing it. We'll we'll find out soon enough. And if they don't, then guess what? Somebody else will step in and do it because that's the nature of the business, right? And, you know, with, with Bob Kraft, you, you just find out how selfless he was and how much help he was, not just to the Patriots, but to the NFL. He's just instrumental in making this a huge right. success in terms of being a, a giant industry. Right. Now, the thing I want to get to, yeah, in regard uh, to um, the future of or the, this team this season is, is what went right and what went wrong last year with, with the passing game. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Patriots were really good, you know, facing zone. They were able to get the ball out quickly. Um, read that right away, and and had receivers who ran the right routes, and, and, and even at tight ends, uh, well, 
Hunter Henry that ran the right route and got to the ball, and, and, and that was successful. But what teams adjusted to do, especially if they had good corners, is play man. And with the type of players the Patriots had last year, they didn't have the speed to get all, away from man coverage. And that's when pressure got to Matt Jones, and uh, they had more sacks that way. And, right. and when third and long, they were terrible. Even though they were, they were great when they were in short yardage, they were probably best in the NFL. When it was third and nine or more, they they were last. So they need, they really emphasize that speed. And that's why Thornton, like you mentioned, had a, a good camp today. He needs to be the difference because they need to open up defenses to make sure they're not playing man. They have to beat them deep and, and say, hey, you want right. to do this? We're going we're gonna to get by you. And, and uh, that will make a huge jump for uh, Mac Jones in year two. I'm with you on Thornton. What did, did you guys uh, consider Tyquan Thornton at all in your thought process about a, a rookie that might be able to stand out? And, and if so, what, what did you think about his ability to stick or even to excel on the field? Michael, did you have him? Uh, yeah, uh, Tyquan Thornton, the fifth uh, the fiftieth pick. He, uh, I like his run blocking. Right. Uh, he's a slightly built guy too. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Six three, one eighty three. Yeah. So he's tall. Uh, he. Very I mean, he, four two. <laughs> yeah. He ran a four two. He's he's fast. I mean, speed and height is going for him. For the NFL, you have to be tall and fast. Yep. I mean, he has that. I mean, reminds me of a Tyreek Hill. You know, good hands. You know, he's fast. He's tall. If he can be. Uh, a half of uh, the speed half, of Tyreek yeah. Hill, I think we'd all be thrilled with yeah. that, right? Yeah, and like r- route running is good. Like Keenan Allen, you know, route running is good. So everything yeah. is there for him, I think, to be at yeah. least you know a starter right. somewhere down the road. Yeah, I would agree with that. By the way, I'm kind of uh, I'm, I've been a, a, a kind of in the Thornton corner, even though the Patriots took him. It's kind of like why are they taking him here? But they can say that about almost anybody the Patriots took this year in the draft. Right, Sean. So you know, hey, we, yeah, they got to get they got to get out there and prove it at some point. And and yeah, I think he's got a definitely. shot too. Got a shot. Another another player that I really hope, and it looks like he might come in and, and make an impact was last year's rookie Trey Nixon. And if he can actually be the next Welker or Edelman in the slot and, and be someone who gets open quickly, right. well, that's going to be such a huge help. So I've, I'm really seeing what what happens with him and maybe. That can make uh, Myers and uh, uh, you know um, Bourne just uh, more perimeter guys. Or yeah, Bill's already talked about Trey, so and he did that yeah. uh, you know through the rookie camp and through the OTAs as well. So yeah, I'm anxious to see what he can do and, and when he gets his shot, you know to uh, you know catch uh, you know darts from uh, the other end during preseason. You know what does he do with it? My guess is is he'll have to probably do significantly just in order to uh, you know to solidify his spot on the roster. I'd like to see him have a shot at yeah. that. For sure. All right, it's great talking to you again, John. Sean, thanks, thanks man. John. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you as always. 855 Pats 500 855 P A T S 500. Guys, that's a really good start. Way to go. Okay. Second time out. We're going to roll team number two in here. What are we talking about next? Defensive backfield? Is that what you guys had? Yeah. Corner. Who's going to play in the backfield? We don't, we, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, but that may be the single biggest question mark for this team this season. 
That's coming up next here in the playbook. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. Welcome back into the playbook. It is the July edition, the opening day of training camp here at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Uh, the Patriots got their first days in. Uh, didn't seem to be any uh, huge issues uh, one way or the other. Uh, there was some uh, good play out there, and I'm sure there was a lot of things that Coach Belichick would talk about and largely would say, yeah, well, you know, it's the first day of training camp. We need to work on it. And, yeah, and then that's what they're going to do. Uh, the breaking news that we had to open the program today, if you're just joining us, uh, Mr. Kraft. Uh, Robert Kraft uh, nominated as a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023, which is also uh, pretty cool. Uh, got a uh, uh, an email here from Alex in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is kind of cool. He said, I'd like to chime in with some answers for a question or two and then ask a question for you. The answers, he said, on the young player, our last group of uh, Dean sportscasters that were uh, studying that, one, he says, we need to see Josh Uche. Also, Raekwon McMillan, any cornerback. The defense needs to show up. And then he says, does it matter as far as the play callers? It could have an effect on the overall ability to adjust at times, but I think the plays are going to be the same or similar. And Mac needs to execute. And then his question, how big of a factor does the unknown nature of the defense play into how the season goes? 
I think the defense is going to have some serious growing pains. Could be the reason the team loses shootouts. Interesting question. I might just kind of pose that to the guys that are jumping in right now. Uh, my second group of Dean Sports broadcasters here. I've got James, Nick, Jack, and Aiden. So, James, why don't you start, introduce yourself, and where you're from. All right. Uh, I'm James Day. I'm from uh, Hamilton, Massachusetts. Oh, finally. Somebody from Massachusetts. Great. All yeah. right. Go. Uh, I'm Nick Bourne. I'm from Merrimack, New Hampshire. Merrimack, New Hampshire. Okay. Well, you're in New England at least. That's Close enough. All right. We're starting. <laughs> okay. Go, Jack. Hi, I'm Jack Pine. I'm from Warwick, Rhode Island. Warwick, Rhode Island? How did I not know that you were a roadie guy? Must have just slipped through the cracks. I must have. Okay. What what high school do you go to? Pilgrim High School. Pilgrim. All right. Very good. Very good. Aiden? Uh, I'm Aiden Nimbar. I'm from New York, um, Long Island specifically, and yeah, that's it. Are you a Giants fan or Jets fan? I'm a Giants fan. I grew up in the city, went to games all the time. Okay. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no bragging over the two Super Bowls where you kicked the Patriots' butts, okay? Yeah, it's. I mean, it was all luck, too. I oh, see? Ah, ah, see, we finally have it from an expert. It was all luck that the Giants won, right? Yeah, it was the and defense. David Tyree had Velcro on his helmet, right? Uh, yeah, I would say something similar, <laughs> at least. It's, you can't credit it to it's, Eli. Let's just say that. It's, oh, God. Aiden, I knew I liked you already. Yeah, okay, thanks, that's, that's a good job. All right, so, hey, um, what do you guys think of the question? Let's just start with that one before we get into the cornerback issue, all right? But the question was, uh, how big of a factor does the unknown nature of the defense, which the cornerback question marks, I think, are playing into this, right? Because yeah. we don't know who's going to be out there. But how big of a nature does that play into how this entire season goes? To make any sense to you guys on that one? I mean, how big of a factor is it going to be? Does the defense need to be able to stop somebody to get off the field? I mean, I would tell you that they need to be able to stop the Buffalo Bills at least once. Yeah. Make them punt like Absolutely. once, right? Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, defense is what wins championships. And if the Patriots want any shot at heading to the postseason, uh, maybe even fighting the Bills again for a division championship, that's where it starts. Defense wins championships. End of story, really. Okay. Well, defense definitely wins them. Mm -hmm. But I think most fans today would probably say, you know, offense is, the, is you know, as long as you've got a team that can outscore the other team, you're in good shape. No question. So, yeah. you know, it's a little, it's a little different. Uh, I think football has evolved in the era of, you know, throwing spread offenses, five wides, all that kind of stuff to the point where defense has largely been, uh, shall we say, de-emphasized? Yeah. But can you win like that? I think, I think good offense – can beat good defense on any given day, especially with the way quarterbacks have changed their game and evolved uh, into today's game. You see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen airing the ball out 60-plus yards down the field, and when you have receivers like uh, Tyreek Hill or, you know, uh, for Patriots fans, you're going to have Tyquan Thornton, one of the fastest receivers in the league, just coming out of college. Yep. Devontae Parker. Devon yeah, Devontae Parker as well. I mean, not many defensive backs can keep up with it, no matter who it is. And if you have someone who can air the ball out 60 yards downfield to those receivers, there's no way that you can beat that. And so that's what the saying comes where defense wins championships. But I think defense will win championships if you could pressure the quarterback. And especially in uh, New England where you have Mac Jones who you see like Tom Brady wasn't the best athlete, but he was always able to avoid pressure. And Mac Jones hasn't proven that to be his best strength yet. And I think that if he can improve on that, then maybe you could say that the defense can get better and they could go through their growing pains and they could still win games and fight the Bills for a division championship. But I think for now, you have to watch that defense grow and you have to see what happens with who calls plays for that defense and you know who's coaching these units because as we know how proven Bill Belichick is, 
we can't really say what the defense is going to do, especially with these unproven guys. You have Jalen Mills, who had a rough rookie year. Um, you have Jonathan Jones, who was injured last year. You have Sean Wade, who didn't really get to play much. Terrence Mitchell, who also didn't get to play much last year. And, you know, these are your guys that are getting first-team reps today in training camp. And so far, it's been going well from what we've heard today. But you never know what's going to happen three, four weeks into preseason and, you know, heading into those first couple matchups in the regular season. Okay. Really well done because you allowed me to take a selfie while we're in here with you guys <laughs> talking and everything. So that was really good. Aiden, I mean, we'll flip the switch on and you can go. And then when I flip the switch down, you can stop. That's great. Yeah. Well done. All right. So any other thoughts about uh, the question that was brought up about, you know, having young players or having, you know, the corners in particular, maybe having an overall effect on the defense? Anybody else want to try that one? Yeah, you know, I think especially with how the like there's no certain lineup set for week one, I think th- that can help the Patriots because uh, early in the season people won't know who their defense will match up with. So I think the uncertainty can play to an advantage, but it all depends on how good the, the secondary ends up coming out of camp. Right, right. And especially with dudes like Jalen Mills and Kyle Duggar who have both played safety and corner. Right. It's kind of finding a defined role before right. they can – get into the season. All right, well, let's jump into that now because, I, I mean, clearly, you know, the, the question of the day that we, we wanted you guys to tackle was who's ultimately going to play in the defensive backfield, especially at corner? So, James, I'll lead off with you here. What do you think uh, in terms of the personnel? Who's likely to stand out and maybe be there when the regular season starts? Well, uh, I feel like one person that will definitely start, I feel like um, Malcolm Butler will definitely step up, you know. Fr- they brought him back after letting him go a few years ago. Um, you know, he had that huge play in the Super Bowl a few years back that really was synonymous with him. And um, he's looked uh, pretty good so far in training camp. You know, he made a few plays, but then after he did give up a 50-yard touchdown that Mac Jones threw. But overall, they've said he's done a pretty good job, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I feel like he will definitely play a huge role, especially as a veteran, being a leader to these younger guys. Oh, you, uh, I was I was gonna I was gonna interject and I was gonna let you finish, but I'll go oh, ahead yeah. and interject. Guy's been out of football for a year. How, yeah. how big of a factor is that gonna be? I mean, well, it'll definitely take him a little bit to get back into it. But I feel like, uh, especially with Bill Belichick as the coach, he's definitely gonna be pushing him, making sure he's you know watching film, still in the weight room, getting ready, making sure he's ready for the season. And I feel like. Normally, with veteran players, you don't see him play as much in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he actually plays a lot in the preseason so that he can get these reps and get, you know, shake off the rust, make sure he's ready to go for the season. Okay. All right. Anybody else? What, what about uh, another player besides Malcolm? All right, Jack, go. All right. Um, I'd probably say Jalen Mills um, is looking to be CB1 going into this year. Um, tough first year overall. Um, but he was serviceable for the large majority of the season, especially starting out. And then as it kind of wound, wound down, um, his consistency dropped off, especially against Buffalo. Um, he had that issue before the game where he was dancing with the rest of the secondary. And I think that he can learn from that and and probably be the leader of the group because they really need someone to yeah, grab the Mills' reins. experience is up there, I think, with Butler's. And, you know, Absolutely. Just because where he's been around, he's been a veteran presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he lacks, I think, in maybe some overall athleticism, he's been one of those guys, I think, that's actually been a smart player. Yeah. I would agree. Um, overall, I think his intelligence really needs to translate into some leadership um, to the younger guys. 
um, needs to kind of lead the pack a bit okay um, to prevent what happened at the end of last year okay mm-hmm. all right so we have Butler we have Mills who else is going to stand out Aiden you want to try it yeah uh, Adrian Phillips for sure as a nickel cornerback you know maybe at some points he can move and, and cover something else at strong safety if he if we need him there Dep- also depends on Jabril Peppers availability but I think for now yeah Peppers starting the year on, on the PUP list yeah um, as well as Jonathan Jones um, but both of them hopefully will come in to play a big role in that defense because We'll talk about Jabril Peppers later on because I do want to touch on that. As you know, I've seen him play on the Giants as well, and I have some things right. I'd like to talk about there. Cool. But Adrian Phillips, I mean, very, very underrated cornerback. He's a great cover quarterback. And in nickel defense, which Bill Belichick does like to come out in a nickel package a lot, it will help, it will help the Patriots if he's there and he could just kind of be there and lock up whoever he can and it's probably going to be the second receiver it's not going to be a wide receiver one I think that's where Jalen Mills is going to be like we said but he can honestly come in and defend passes and help out these cornerbacks who are in the slot and we saw we saw last year he had one of the best passer ratings on the team uh when it was thrown to him Mm -hmm. you know it was very good he had a couple deflections he had four interceptions and that's just not the interceptions tell the story you see a lot of guys have a lot of interceptions but don't play well I think Adrian Phillips is the opposite of that, where you see his numbers translate into good play as well. Okay, very good. Nick, you got one that uh, might figure in besides the guys that we've mentioned? Yeah, I think uh, once Jonathan Jones is healthy, he'll yeah. be the number one slot. Yeah, corner. I agree with that, by the way. Because yep. he, he has the size to cover big tight ends Yep. Uh, and pretty sizable receivers. Like I mean, Julio Jones comes to mind because he's 6'4". Mm-hmm. So anyone who's a bigger receiver, I think he'll cover. By the way, what did you guys think about Julio Jones signing with the Bucks? You saw that, right? Yeah. He wants a ring. Ring chasing, yeah. Yep. Cheap contract, one ring year. Chasing. Wants ring chasing, ring chasing. Week, I I mean that's no guarantee yeah, by the way. You know they have a forty-five-year-old guy quarterback, right? <laughs> that forty. Some guy he's got a bit of experience. That's way. That's like older than me. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sorry, Nick. I jumped in no, on you. Fine. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think Jonathan Jones really struggled with consistency when he played. Yep. So I think uh, taking time to rehab because he's still on the pup list. Yep. I think he shouldn't play until he's a hundred percent, so he can kind of work on his game before he forces himself back onto the field. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Claire just sent me an email. She said, I called, but the call cut out. Now I can't get through. I'm sorry. I was hoping to talk to you guys today. Just to touch on what I was going to say, the linebacker core is going to be so different to what we're used to as all youth and, and, and barely any veteran presence now, which we are going to touch on here shortly. With the cornerback, I think a lot depends on how Malcolm Butler starts out as the example for the draftees of Marcus and Jack Jones, or if he doesn't even start. And then she said there's a lot of safeties on this roster that may reflect over into the season depending upon how injuries move into the regular season. That's Claire in the U.K. Guys, what do you think about the two young guys in Marcus and Jack Jones? I think that Marcus and Mac Jones, um, they were pretty good pickups in the draft. Um, Marcus Jones mainly for special teams reasons. Um, he can really help in the return game. Um, Jack Jones, he did pretty well in coverage. Um, let's see if I can, ju- I can just get his stats up here. Okay. But keep talking while you're oh doing yeah, the absolutely. stats up. There you go. Absolutely. Right. He had a 79. Little trick of the trade there. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He had a 79.4 overall coverage grade in 2021 um, against defenses at Arizona State, or yep. rather against offenses at Arizona yep. State. Yep. Excuse me. Yep. Um, he had three interceptions, um, three touchdowns allowed. Played 351 coverage snaps. That's courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Um, I mean, Jack Jones. Um, he can play man defense. Um, I think 
getting him into the Belichick system is going to be great um, development-wise. Get a few young guys in here. Um, Marcus Jones. Um, we see a lot of guys who can return, who can also help out in the secondary. We see that. We've seen that before with Devin McCourty. Okay. Um, but I think Jack Jones mainly will be a pretty good pickup. I hope so. I, I yeah, certainly I, I do, too. I'm with, with young corners, I have a tendency to think that, you know, frankly, they either can – overinflate their worth. I think that they can burn out. I think that they could be flashing the pans. I, I just need to see consistency. I don't need to see, personally, I don't need to see somebody wow me. What I want to see is just somebody be there and, and the ability to make a play. And maybe if the receiver reaches over him and makes the grab, okay, fine, but he was right there. Mm-hmm. You can't defend that play any better than that. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see out of young guys because if they can consistently do that, then I think they got a chance to stick and, and, and hopefully contribute to the team. Touching on consistency, um, today in training camp, we saw that um, it was Jalen Mills, Jalen Mills, Terrence Mitchell, and Sean Wade were reportedly the consistently really good um, cornerbacks for the Patriots today. They really showed a lot of consistency, and that's been the problem with a lot of guys, um, with a lot of these guys in the past, Jalen Mills and Terrence Mitchell especially. Um, And for guys that are fighting for roster spots like Mitchell and Wade, um, it's going to be important for them to really show their consistency because at the end of the day, that's what we need um, starting for us um, come week one. I mean, we don't have J.C. Jackson anymore. We don't have Stephon Gilmore. We really need to run a um, defensive back by committee approach like the running backs, um, which, I th- which I think is going to factor in huge. I think the Patriots are going to run mainly a nickel defense going forward due probably to the lack of linebacker depth. Um, mainly nickel defense. Um, you've definitely got the safeties, the hard-hitting safeties, to do the job. You've got Jabril Peppers. You have Kyle Duggar, who, in my opinion, can tackle and hit like Brandon Merriweather, but raps like Brandon Merriweather. Let's could touch it. on Jabril Peppers because I know Aiden wanted to talk about him, and obviously he knows him because he saw him play for his Giants. Uh, you know, if he's able to be healthy, how big of a factor does he become? If he's able to be healthy, I think he could be one of the cornerstone pieces of that defense. You saw him in his first year with the Giants. He was a pro bowler, and a lot of people thought he should have been an all-pro. He wasn't named an all-pro. And his stats, though nothing really jumps off the page, he had a sack and a half, he had one interception. You see the amount of pass deflections he had, which he was in uh, top five in the league. He had 11 pass deflections that year. Mm-hmm. And he also just he had 32 quarterback hits in just two full seasons with the Giants. And the only issue that he really has is his durability. And you see that he's so versatile, he could play any role that any coach wants to put him in. And you saw that the Giants – they didn't really have a set defense. Their defense, one year that he was there, was pretty awful, and one year it was one of the better defenses in the league in tw- in uh, 2020. And Jabil Peppers was a huge part of that defense. Where Week 11, they were ha- they had one of the top 10 defenses in the league, maybe even top five. I don't, I can't exactly recall the numbers. Um, and then he went down with injury, and the Giants collapsed and yeah. ultimately missed the playoffs that yeah, year. Right. And we saw that it was led to what happened with the injury to Jabril Peppers. And you see that if he's able to be healthy, he can be a Swiss Army knife for Bill Belichick, for someone who likes to play their safeties like that. You saw Patrick Chung when he was here. He would play any role that he could. He could cover the run really well. Mm -hmm. He could also defend the pass really well. And he can help someone who gets beat over the top because of his speed. And Jabril Peppers has that speed. He has that versatility. And like uh, Jack was saying, he can hit very hard. So... (laughs) 
There's not. That's what I think he's known for, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely a good trait to have. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if he can work hard and get himself back into shape because he didn't play much the last two years, then Jabril Peppers could be one of those better players on that Patriots defense, and he can earn himself a big contract and resign here or go wherever because he's only here for one year, $9 right. million. Dollars, right. Which isn't a huge contract, and if he plays it well, that value could be very worth the contract. All right, let's grab a call here. Brady is in Iowa. Hey, Brady, you're in the playbook. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Absolutely. What's going on today? Yeah, just a couple of things I kind of wanted to touch on. Thinking about you know some of the need that we saw from last year. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, no real clear playmaker. That was a big thing. But I think the thing that stuck out to me even more was just the lack of speed we always had on offense. Um, especially when you start looking around the lead and these guys, you know, running, running the four two. So what do we do? We go out, draft the fastest run, wide receiver, which you know some people thought was a stretch. I really didn't think it was too much, honestly. Uh, you know, is he going to be an immediate impact wide receiver? Probably not in Tyquan Thornton. But you know, we have kind of a deep, maybe not a clear number one, but a deep wide receiver room where I think we're going to see a lot of just. It's going to be interesting to see how we use those different receivers in different games because. Uh, you know, as we've seen in the past, you know, a guy might have 30, 30 snaps one game and, or, and then, you know, maybe five or six the next just based on whatever the strategy is. So right, right. really, really excited to see kind of how Tyquan Thornton gets pushed into the offense. Uh, but then obviously Pierce Strong as well, especially with uncertainty with James White. You know, we got a really good one-two punch with uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So I think he's going to be a great passing back out of that. Um, you know, out of the backfield, just with that speed he brings on. I know. I'm I'm looking forward to that. And and, and along those lines, coming out of the backfield, I mean, depending upon you know what James White, uh, his eventual ability to play this year might be, uh, I'm really kind of anxious in the preseason to see if a guy like Pierre Strong can can sort of fill that role. There may be some others, but I know that's why they sort of selected him in the draft anyway, thinking he could be potentially the third down back type of replacement. And so that's the one. Uh, it's a name that we haven't talked a lot about, at least on this show yet, and I'm sure his name will probably come up more and more uh, as the, the summer progresses here. But that's a guy I think that if, if you want to know how the Patriots are going to go, if this guy gets in and gets some playing time, then I think that versatility in offense is going to all of a sudden pop back into place. And that's that's what I think the uh, I think that's what this team for Mac needs to have is part of that versatility. A guy like Thornton to stretch it, and a guy like Strong and or White, that type of player, also to be available, you know, in uh, in short uh, wheel route passes definitely yeah i mean i guess the thing i'll be kind of interested to see then i mean when we have that passing back back we didn't have james white a whole lot you know he hasn't been as productive over the past couple years we would hope but um but just kind of interesting to see then you know what we do with this two tight end situation i'm just really you know this offensive strategy you know i think you know the big elephant in the room all all offseason has been hey who's calling the plays obviously uh, and then you know we bring matt patricia back in and, uh, you know, will he be a guy who can call plays? Probably probably not on offense, but, you know, it's coming with, for, as a defensive mastermind. I got to almost imagine, he's, you know, he'd be able to put at least help put together a pretty good offensive game plan week to week. Just, Absolutely. You know, kind of almost reminds me of, uh, um, you know, back in that 2018-2019 uh, AFC title game against Kansas City when Tony Romo's on the call, and the next day everybody's kind of like, geez, did, they just, did Tony Romo just get that guy fired, the defense coordinator? <laughs> uh, I know, so, right? Right? It, yeah, totally. It's kind of like, you know, I have that expertise on one side of the ball. It's like, oh, yeah, this could be a, you know, this could be a run to the right, no doubt. Right. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Like down the sideline, he comes down, I mean, knows what's going on. So he's got to at least be able to put together a pretty good strategy. Right. There. Absolutely. Cool. Anything else? Nope. Go ahead. Thanks, that, John. Brady, appreciate your time, man. Guys, so we, we mentioned 
Defensive backs. Who have we left out? Safety. Who's a surprise? Safeties? Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar? Yeah, I think Kyle Duggar is, is going to be great. Um, you mind if I say something that maybe if Brady's listening? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you mentioned Tyquan Thornton. Just He said he doesn't think it's a reach. I, I agree. Someone I want to compare him to. This might be a, Some people might think this is a little outlandish, but I see Cortland Sutton in him. Um, <laughs> you know, both bigger receivers, Cortland Sutton being 6'4", uh, 207 pounds, a little heavier than Thornton, not as built, but definitely not as fast. And I think you saw how proven Cortland Sutton was his first year and then tore his ACL um, just this past year. Right. And if you see now, he's going to come back with Russell Wilson, but let's let's switch over to Thornton here. You have Mac Jones, who, you know, also just learned this offense, spent the season in here, improved, had a great rookie year, and he's only getting better from what we've all heard. Bill Belichick has said that. And the connection so far in training camp from what we've heard today and in OTAs and practices that Mac Jones and Tyquan Thornton are very much on the same page. They're looking at each other a lot. And maybe he might not be that one wide receiver, but he could be that fast slot receiver that kind of resembles a Chris Hogan or a Danny Amendola, but just bigger who can go up and make a big play and catch it over a defender instead of just kill with speed, like Hogan and Amendola, very elusive. And though you might see Thornton doesn't have the same agility and he doesn't have the same uh, ability to juke and cut back, he has the big play ability and he has the speed that he can combine it with. Kind of reminds me of Sutton. I think the numbers might look similar. The usage might look similar as well. Sutton wasn't used as much until midway through his first year, and I think you could see the same way as they ease Thornton into this offense. Excellent. Good. Good. I absolutely agree with um, putting him in the slot. Um, Absolutely agree with um, him being elusive, and I think that also would work for him well on the outside. Um, I can sort of see an Odo Beckham type. He's a fast guy. Um, You can put him on the outside, um, and he can just run go routes and lose the dbs in coverage when you have that kind of speed it's really great to have and he you can even line him up in the slot and have him run a rub route to the outside i mean there's a lot of potential there you always have a lot of potential when you have speed demons like these yeah and you saw it uh last year tyree kill ran just that rug route on the uh, rug route on the outside mm-hmm. ran it out in the afc championship game against the bills and he scored a touchdown on it and you could see similar things with taekwon thornton the speed is just Electric and like you said, you know, speed is one of the most valuable traits to have in the NFL, especially as a wide receiver. And so, I, I see where you're going with that. I like that. I just think that if he starts running on the outside, especially in these early weeks, I think it's going to be tough for him to learn and ease into this offense because in Baylor, you saw him often as a slot receiver and he thrived there. And when he moved to the outside, it didn't go as well because his connection, his connection with his quarterback was mainly just running the same routes in the slot where he's running post routes and corner routes and a lot of outside rug routes. And I think that if you're seeing him going on, you know, you see him move to receiver two, maybe even receiver one, depending on how he plays. You never know how any of these rece- these new guys can pan out for the Patriots. I don't get caught up in, in a lot of the, you know, he's got to be receiver one, receiver two, he's got to be the X, he's got to be the Y. Look, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that you want a guy who can stretch a defense on the outside. Mm-hmm. You want a guy that's got some durability, I think, on the inside if he's lining up a little bit closer to the quarterback. But I don't get too caught up in roles. What I want to see is production. When the ball gets thrown your way, you get your hands on it, do you hold it, yeah. regardless of the situation? That, to me, is what's most important. So I'm looking at, you know, certainly speed and the ability to get open, to create separation, but i got I got to have a little stick them on the hands, 
whether it's manufactured or not, I got to have a little stick them on the hand because if it gets anywhere near you, the receiver should catch it. Yeah, one uh, guy that definitely won't have a problem with that is Jacoby Myers. Right, he's got very good hands. Yeah. Now, early in his career, as he started here, uh, we didn't think that the case. He dropped a lot of things coming his mm-hmm. way, and you know, a lot of people wanted to give up on him right away. I'm kind of glad that they didn't. As well as Aguilar. Yeah, well, Aguilar too. That's right. Huh. I, I can admit I've never been a huge fan of Nelson Aguilar, but I hope that he proves me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I saw he's him. always good for one good big drop a game. I think. That's been more recent. I think after he, he started with the Eagles, and trust me, I, I hated having to play against him because I know his potential, and we saw him twice a year, and he would always kill the Giants. He had <laughs> huge games against us, and I hated to watch Sound like you took that personally. I did take that personally. Okay, all right. Um, you know, beat us in a couple games to sent, that could have sent us to the top of the division uh, in 2017 when we were having a okay year. And then when the division was uh, terrible, if we finished six and ten that year, we would have won. And Nelson Aguilar dropped the pass mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. the. Uh, it was now the uh, Washington Commanders, and uh, then they took out their starting quarterback. Right. And that was Nelson Aguilar's fault, and I hated that, and I didn't like him. But I think now <laughs> he started. He came to the Raiders. He got into play with Derek Carr, who obviously was a better quarterback than whoever the Eagles had at that time, which was Nick Foles, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz. It was that tandem. And I think that now you're seeing him improve his play as he improves with better quarterback play because obviously you have better quarterbacks throwing you the ball. They're more accurate. Right. And though you still can say he has one big drop a game, I think it's less consistent as it was before. And you saw him come up huge for the Raiders at times, catching big touchdowns, creating himself a lot of separation. And you could see that here in New England already, 50-yard right. touchdown yep. uh, pass with Matt, from Mac Jones. Yep. And you see they're on the same page. Yep. And you see it when you're not having a quarterback who's having years like what Carson Wentz was doing in 2019 or 2020. You're having quarterbacks who are top top half quarterbacks in the league. You have better wide receiver play, and obviously he's one of those guys that, that directly translates to it. Right. These guys great or what? I mean, they're absolutely pounding it out here, aren't they? I'm just going to step out of the way and let them go. Let's take another timeout. We're going to talk about linebackers next right yeah we got the linebacking mm-hmm. core coming next because we're not sure kind of like defensive backs we're not really sure who's going to be playing in front of these defensive backs here yeah. it could be any kind of combination in terms of linebackers for this Pacers team this year mm-hmm. so our next uh, Dean College group will talk about the linebacking core the phone lines are open 855 Pats 500 pick it up call let's go in the playbook Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. 
Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. This is Patriots Playbook, the legend. Welcome back into the playbook. It is our day opening training camp program here uh, for the uh, 2022 summer, uh, our monthly off-season program once again. As we're uh, getting into hour number two of the show here, we'll run until 4 o'clock Eastern time. And, of course, if you missed any portion of the program earlier, hey, it'll be available on a podcast. Uh, give it about 60 seconds or so to rewind, and then it'll be back up again on the website, and you can hit up the podcast. Uh, so a lot of different things going on here. Just to sort of recap for a, a couple of moments, though, but really what happened in day one of training camp today? Because if you're tuning in late, that's probably the first question that's on your mind. I mean, what the heck happened today? Uh, Matt Patricia did the play calling. Whether or not that means anything to you or not, uh, but he was in charge of the play calling. It, it appeared through the uh, 11 and 11 and the 7 and 7 drills. Uh, and our next group of uh, you know student broadcasters coming through will actually be talking a little bit about that group after this next one, of course. So does it really matter about who calls the plays? Uh, the, the next subject that we're tackling here today, four big questions for the Patriots. We've already talked about young players that could rise in surprise with the team this year. We've talked a little about who's going to play in the defensive backfield, perhaps even at corner, who might be the starters. And now we got to kind of turn to the linebacking core because the linebackers, look, they're a part of stopping teams. They're a part of making plays. They, they have to be a part of that. And we know last year that at times the Patriots, and yeah, look, we can't let the defensive line out of this as well, but we know that the Patriots defensively struggled stopping the run, especially in certain situations, and against the Bills, they never got them off the field. So uh, the issue now is linebacking core, because there are clearly some changes. Other than Jawan Bentley in the middle, where else does everybody play? Does Matt Junon line up at the end? Does he line up as a as a defensive end at four three? Does he line up at the end as a three four? What does he do? How does he attack? How does he get after the quarterback? And can he consistently get after the quarterback like he did through the first eight ten weeks of last season before he tailed off at the end of last season? All right, our uh, again our next uh, group of. 
um, broadcasters here, again, coming from our Dean College um, Sports Broadcasting Camp, if you will, our pre-college summer program going on this week at Dean in nearby Franklin, Massachusetts. I've got Brody, I've got Aaron, I've got Jonah, and I've got Alex. So, Brody, why don't you start and introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Uh, I'm Brody Godding, and I'm from uh, Hopedale, Mass. Hopedale, Mass. All right. I'm Aaron Buckley, and I'm also from Hopedale, Mass. You guys go to school together? Yeah, we've yeah. known each other for a long time since we were kids. I'm so. sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, all right? Okay, go. Um, what's, what's up, guys? It's Jonah Schachter here um, from, from Miami, Florida. Miami. Why did you come up here for this uh, from Miami? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in a source broadcast, I've been doing it since my, since my freshman year. Um, didn't have the best of introductions into it, but got into it pretty quickly, and now currently the sports anchor of my school. In fact, permanently. Out- outstanding. So are you a Dolphins fan? That's hard to say. I mean, last year I wasn't. Um, I was sorry to all my Miami guys who are out there. Um, for I'm sorry for being on the bandwagon, but um, last year was pretty much tied to the Rams and the Chiefs. Um, I had quite the addiction to my homes, which I now found out is kind of didn't really, didn't really like it um, after seeing how he played in the playoffs. Yep. But um, yep. with the Rams, I always knew that I always knew they were going to do it. You know, Van Jefferson, Aaron Donald, Stafford. You know, I, kn- I knew there was a good group there that would at least make it. All right. So at least you know how to pick a winner. All right, Alex. My name is Alex McGuder, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. So we got a Miami and Atlanta. Did you fly up from Atlanta for this? I did. In particular? Yeah. I did. So why did you want to do this? Um, I wanted to do this because I've really been interested in sports broadcasting of late. And my parents researched and found out that Dean had a great program. So I was interested right off the bat. Uh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Your paycheck's in the mail. Okay. I was I was exactly that same way. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Okay, so your you know topic, if you will, to try to research and and so we can kind of discuss it. It happens to be um, you know the linebacking core. Who the heck's going to play back there? Who, who's going to who's going to figure into the mix? Who should figure into the mix based on the personnel that they have? Anybody want to offer any thoughts to start off? All right, Brody, well, go. I think I can say this for all of the New England sports fans out there that Matt Judon is going to be the top guy for us. Uh, he had 12 and a half sacks last season, uh, 60 tackles, one fumble recovery. Uh, he actually, in uh, the third game of the season against the Saints, where we lost 13 to 26, uh, he had two and a half sacks. And he also led the league, uh, sorry, he didn't lead the league, but he was seventh in the league with sacks. And I also think that he could be a leader for the team uh, on defense. He's, he's a veteran. He's been in the league for six years when he, uh, he was drafted in two, 2016. Uh, I think that he gets the crowd going we've seen. He uh, guy with the red sleeves gets it going. He also can give the younger players tips on the field and uh, specialties that he has. Okay, so we think we know Judon. It starts with him, and I think that was probably one that we can all say, "Yeah, that's definitely going to happen." Who else? I I got Ronnie Perkins. He was drafted in the third round two years ago, the year we got Mac, and um, he played at Oklahoma, and he was one of the better. Uh, he played defensive end at Oklahoma, and he was one of the better defensive ends in the Big 12. But when the Patriots drafted him, it was planning to turn him into a, um, a linebacker. So it looks like he can play outside linebacker. He missed last season due to a shoulder injury. Right. That's where fans wouldn't know the name. Right. right. And, um, but in college, his, his final full season, he had 38 tackles and six sacks, and he had the seventh most big tackles in the Big 10. So, and then in only six games in his final college season, he had 23 tackles and five and a half sacks. So that's almost a sack a game. 
Okay. So if they De- put him on the outside, he's going to be able to rush the quarterback. Definitely an impact player at Oklahoma. I definitely remember that. I just and nobody knows because he spent last year on on IL. Yeah. He's DL, whatever you want to call it, and so he just he didn't get a chance to to get any scratch. No, he's going to have to have a good camp to earn one of those spots. Okay. Who else, Jonah? Who else are we talking about? that's going to crack this lineup. Well, I've got two options here. I've I've got um, Juwan Bentley, who um I've who of course was injured last season, but um I feel. I feel that he can make. I feel that he can make a return. You know, um, obviously, um, he he only played 15 games last season. Um, engine in the season. Um, in a walk during the Walker game against the against the Bills. Um, I feel I feel that he can be. I feel that he can make a good recovery. You know, that's that's the thing with with all the players. Yep. Um, but um, I feel I feel that if he makes a good recovery, he'll he'll be able to p- come back and help the team out Kay. along with Judon. All right. Besides the fact that he's also the oldest guy on that team. He's 30. Judon's like 28, if yep. I believe. Okay. All right. Was there somebody else you had, too? Um, yes. I was going to go for Mac Wilson. Um, of okay. course, um, traded to New England for Chase Winovich, which, in my opinion, is quite a blow to New England because of everyone who loved Winovich. He was yep. quite a big part of that defense. But um, Mac Wilson, of course, young, young guy, um, played three years with the Cleveland Browns. Um, obviously, his best year being his rookie year, which um, I, don't, I don't really find that to be too true for a lot of rookies. But... Um, Best year as a rookie, um, he had um, 82 tackles, which um, pr- for me that's that's qu- that's quite impressive for a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Um, he al- he also averages only career sack there, um, as well as um, seven seven PDs, which I'm uh, I'm, so- I'm sorry to everyone out there, but I'm not fully um, <laughs> I'm, I don't fully know all the initials of everything in football, but um, you know he said seven PDs, and then um, off to last season we're um I. He had about um, 42 sacks, 40 ta- 42 tackles. I'm sorry, but zero sacks. Um, I'd say that's a decrease from the from the rookie year, so it shows still still good. But um, you're about a lot, a lot of um, tackles down. But um, yeah, I think one of the things about Mac Wilson that has impressed me, and I think he's a good pick. But one of the things that impressed me is that when they traded for him, and, and Winovich was a kind of a fan favorite, as you mentioned, Jonah, but. Um, Wilson's got, you know, he's got the build, and I think he's got the speed, and I think it was one of the things that the Patriots were looking at. Uh, and perhaps the ability to separate from a defender if he's going to play on the outside at linebacker spot to be able to have some effect on the quarterback. Uh, Chase Winovich's problem, if he had one, was I don't think they felt like he was disruptive enough. And I think that's what they're kind of hoping that Mac Wilson ends up uh, becoming in that regard. So by disruptive, you mean that they can pro- – they mean that Winovich's problem was probably that he didn't disrupt the uh, – the exactly. Like, you know, he he didn't cause enough chaos. See, that's, right. That's one thing I can I can agree with you on. The point of being on the defense is to cause enough chaos in the offense, where they literally just break apart and it's and it's just fallen in. It's just fallen to chaos. Yeah. You know. Right. If that, you know, I um I haven't obviously haven't seen much of Winovich, but um, that that would obviously be one one of the problems I would agree on. Sure. Um, what I'm hoping with Wilson is like you know Wilson's a, a young guy. You know, he's already had some experience in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously can tackle people. He he can. He can at least try to sack people again. Of course, um, of course. So what I'd say is, hope. I think what I think what Belichick's hoping for with Wilson is that Wilson can at least cause a lot more chaos than Winovich ever could. Well, that's what we're hoping for. All right, Almost Alex. Who, chaos maker. Yeah, exactly. Who you got? So for me, I had Jabril Peppers, who I know was mentioned in the last um, segment with the defensive backs. Right. But um, I think that previously in Jabril Peppers' career at Michigan, he played a mix of DB and linebacker. So I think. Um, he can have an impact there. He stands at 5'11", 216, so he's a pretty big guy. He was drafted by the Browns in 2017 and also played for um, the Giants. And the Patriots traded for him early in April. 
And so the reason why I think he can make such an impact at um, linebackers, one, one, like I mentioned previously, he's a pretty big guy. And um, back when he was in Michigan in 2016, he actually finished fifth in the Heisman race as a defensive player, which is a very, I mean, if that doesn't tell you enough, that tells you that he's great. Sure. Well, I would tell you that um, his athleticism got him that kind of notoriety, right? And here's a guy that, you know, obviously has been known as a big hitter. Um, and uh, you said he went back and forth at Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's got that kind of ability, and we've already seen the Patriots do a little bit of that with a guy like Kyle Duggar, so if you've got a big safety that can also line up and play linebacker and give the run game some support, you can also do, I think, some things strategically where you're lining up and the other team is not sure what they're facing. So anytime you get the other team to think about it a little bit more, you kind of got to, you know, kind of got a little bit of an edge there right i think i like his versatility more than anything else and i think that's what the patriots like you know they've been really versatile and over the last several years in fact as far back as i can remember in terms of the guys who play on the offensive line but they've also stressed versatility defensively guys that can play any of the positions guys that can play corner corners that can play safety safeties that can play linebacker and peppers could be that kind of guy that they're looking for right i agree with you okay all right cool what else well, who else are we missing in terms of potential players that could come in and and get playing time or perhaps make a name of them? I mean, we mentioned Juwan Bentley, and I think we all realize that he's sort of the uh, the mainstay in the middle. Um, but so if you're but if you're also in nickel defense, or you know on an obvious passing down, are you going to have your run thumper in the middle? No. So, did this team, in your estimation, did it get? Faster, quicker, with the ability to be able to cover guys coming out of the opposing offensive backfield. Not really. They were one of the biggest issues last year with the linebacking core is how slow they were and how they weren't able to stop any anything up the middle, pass yeah. or run. Right. And I feel like we didn't really improve that much. Like we passed on the Kobe Dean from Georgia like three different times. That was a pick I would have liked to have seen too. And um, I feel like with Mac Wilson, he could also slow down some tight ends with the pass deflection numbers. He had seven in his rookie year in Cleveland. So as he can use an outside, but he can also drop back and cover some tight ends across the middle. Excellent. Okay. All right, let's snag a phone call here. William's been kind enough to hang on in Philly. Hey, Will, you're in the playbook. Is he still there? Going once. Going twice. William, you still there? No. Okay. Sorry we kept you on hold, man. Is Claire back? Claire, you with us? Hey, John. Hey, Claire. What's happening? Hey, girl. Hey, all you Dean folk. <laughs> What's going on? What's up? What's up? Hey. <laughs> I think they've done a pretty good job. What do you think, Claire? Oh, I do. Oh, I'm really sorry, John. You know how much I love you. I utterly adore you. But these guys have been really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like Thank that. You. It's good. I like that. I like it. All right, what do you got? I mean, I, I, got, I did read your email. I don't know if you heard that or not, but I did read it. But, I, you know, if you're going to take the time to call me back from, you know, um... West Midlands, yeah, West Midlands, UK. Me to the curb. Yeah, no, I'm not going to throw you to the curb. Why would I ever do that? <laughs> Why would I ever do that? Right. <laughs> so, what are you thinking today? What, what, uh, any, any first impressions about what you've heard, what you've uh, read about thus far with the first day? What are big concerns that you kind of have that uh, maybe even stuff that we haven't even touched on? I didn't realize you'd read my email, so it might have been when I was trying to kind of get through that you read my email. Yeah. So apologies if I repeat anything that you've already read. I nope. did miss that. Yep, you're good. Um, the one big thing that I kind of like was taking away, like I said in my email, was how different the linebacking court is going to look 
how we're missing so much veteran. Right. It's going to look completely different. In fact, I would imagine that not only personnel-wise, but strategically, how they're going to play. Right? All right. So, oh, okay, you had to put her on hold? Uh, oh, hold on. <laughs> Hang on, Claire. Now you're back again because Matt said his fat fingers accidentally put you on hold. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. So bl okay. bl blame the Marine. <laughs> He's falling out with me today. What did I do? I know. I know. <laughs> right? Hey, well, yeah, the problem is is that the, the security for Elton, Sir Elton John have moved into the office now, and they've shooed everybody away. I, you know, never, uh, ne never mind the fact that we're all trying to work here, but they've, you know, they're, 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 come on. they're not nice. Yeah. They're not nice. I've got to be honest. They're not nice. So, you know. That can, that can be true, but at the same time, you know, the tour company is leased the building out from the Patriots. The Patriots leased out to them, and once it's put in the contract, you know, it's a done deal. You know, you can't really reverse anything no, unless you can, like, talk out and John and the security team. Like, look, let's let him keep this built. Let's let him keep this room for now. Claire, when, when uh, Sir Elton gets back, you're going to have to have a talk with him about this. Yeah, I, I don't really think he's taking my calls at the moment. Oh, he's not? Oh, okay. Uh, what, you pissed him off? What did oh, you do? Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I so hate you, that drop. It's terrible. No, no, no. So, a, a, uh, so you were talking about the linebackers in particular before you got put on hold. Yeah, I just think kind of last year was, it, it, it was so veteran-centric with Van Noy, Hightower, the return of Jamie Collins. I mean, I know they did that because they had a lack there, so mm -hmm. they were just filling the holes that they could um, because they couldn't utilize the rookies that they've taken because of injury, that kind of thing. So right. I think it's going to be, we're going to see a serious difference in how they utilize the linebacking call because they're so sort of unknown, if you like. However, they've been within the system for a year. They've seen everything over the last year. They haven't, they just haven't participated. So at least they've got this year of knowledge under their belt if they haven't got this year of physicality under their belt so i think that's going to help it look better but we still are kind of missing the veteranness at linebacker however it, it's almost as if they're making up for that in the safety now granted this depends upon injury that kind of thing because you've got the dribble peppers on pup that sort of thing and they've, you've got the return of devon mccordy so you've got some quite solid veteran presence there utilizing in the safety position so i think what we're going to see is a little bit less of the linebacker a little bit more of the extra safety um to sort of compensate for that whilst these new newish guys if you like yeah they're not brand new i think while I, they're growing into their system yeah i think uh, i think aaron would agree with you in that particular less linebacker more extra safety right aaron probably especially when you have you have like four solid safeties in Duggar and McCordy and Phillips and Jabril Peppers yeah. if they put them there. Yep, yep. Pretty good observation. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree. I just think you know, if you've got guys that can hit and can cover, why wouldn't they be in the lineup, especially when you're facing some of the teams, some of the quarterbacks, some of the backs that you're going to have to face, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. What else you got? Um. What else have I got? Um. That's a very good point. Okay. The. I think the cornerback position, I think I touched on that in my email as well, actually. I think how it's going to really be dependent upon how, if, and when they use Malcolm Butler. I think that, to, to me, yep. that seems like it's going to be a significant key. Because it, if they're utilising him, then maybe the guys aren't ready. Or they're utilising him as an example. Mm -hmm. Or if they don't use him, then the new guys are ready. So 
that's quite good. I mean, did you want to touch upon all of the four things? Yeah, if you want to, sure. You any one of the four or all of the four, if you'd like. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the in regards to the rookies, I mean, it was only in sort of when they did some pictures from yesterday. Um, I know it wasn't sort of camp yesterday, but when they did like the the guys have reported in, I didn't realise. Did you guys see the photograph of Kevin Harris? Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. guy is made up of tree trunks. He's <laughs> so solid. Even his neck is so solid. It's like that, this is why they don't need a fullback because okay. they have got Kevin Harris because he looks like the possible moving of a, of a brick wall. He just looks so <laughs> solid. It really just took me by surprise. And it's like maybe that's why they're not going to use a fullback this year. Okay. They're, they're actually going to substitute this FB on the roster and they're going to be using a running back. It, you're going to see so much more. Well, they already do it, but with you know with Ramondre and stuff. So, but you're going to see this the power running back. This is a very sort of power running back heavy team now. I think. Um, so I'm I'm going to be really interested to see if Harris or as you mentioned sort of earlier in the show in regards to Pierre Strong, who are that who out of those guys either or ends up actually on the roster, even mm-hmm. if it's just a little bit, or if they redshirt both the running back which they have done quite frequently in the past, from what I understand. I only go back so far. But, yeah, I think that's going to be a very interesting indication of how things are going to run. And, again, as you have mentioned, the the fact that James White isn't necessarily ready or he's on PUP at the moment, and the chances of him starting the season are looking a little bit slim at the moment, just from what we're hearing, just from what's coming out in regards to sort of rumours and discussion yep. in, in yep. regard to his physical ability at the moment, the way that people have seen him kind of literally walking and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that's what interests me quite significantly about the rookies is, is, is seeing if and which of the running backs they, they decide that they need to utilise. Yeah, you're, you're bringing up Kevin Harris is kind of interesting because, I, I mean, to me, he's one of those two or three guys that the Patriots have, uh, you know, that they certainly picked up in the draft, but it's kind of an enigma because he spent a lot of his last year, was in South Carolina, he spent a lot of his last year injured, right? So we don't really know what we're getting, and I think that's, again, that's kind of been a Patriot trademark. You know, they, they take chances on guys that they feel like they can do the job, even though the statistics might not necessarily back it up. And so, well, I mentioned Strong simply because, you know, when you look at the videotape, you think, wow, this guy had a great career. South Dakota, you know, whether or not the caliber of play matters or not, I think, you know, you can usually tell, you know, through a little bit of tape whether or not a guy can play football or not, regardless of the level. And certainly they felt that way against Cole Strong because, uh, Cole Strange, rather, because uh, Strange was, what, a Tennessee Chattanooga, right? So didn't come from a huge program. Um, I, Harris is, uh, again, uh, being an SEC pedigree back, you'd have to think that he's got some game. And, and so I think if he's able to, to do the kind of things that you were talking about doing, I mean, you describe him almost like a bullet head. You know, he's just kind of got a pointy head. He's got a big neck. He's going to stick his head in there. That'd be great because if you have that kind of ability, you know, they basically have, have, have scrubbed the fullback off of the roster right now, which is sort of led a lot of people to believe that the Patriots' offensive setup is going to be changed somewhat this year from what it has been, what we've been used to seeing in the last few years. Um, that was one of the takeaways, I think, amongst the, some of the media members today, uh, as I was listening to and hearing from those guys earlier today, was the fact that they kind of get the feeling that this offense is simplified. And I don't know that it 
doesn't mean it's simplistic, doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be easy to detect or defend, but it's simplified in an effort to have these guys act and react rather than, you know, okay, think it out and then go through and hit their spots. In other words, they can play at a faster speed. And I think that's what the coaching staff is trying to do, at least at this stage. And maybe Harris is one of those guys who can contribute to that. Mm, yeah. yeah. I was going to... I was going to chip in with this. Um, I was going to say, um, when it comes to offense playing at fast speed, um, I'm not really a big fan of that because when it com- when when you're playing at a fast speed, you know, you, a lot of teams will tend to make like errors or like you know tend to like because yep. if, if you work the faster you work, you know, the more likely you are to forget something. So I know that even though you like you have to be like fast running up the ball and you have you guys like running running down, like just keep moving around on that. You know, I find that like you know if it, if like if if you're not in clutch time or if, or if like you have, like you have a good amount of time left, like at least try to take your plays like low, like low, try to take them low and slow, or at least like like a medium speed, so that you don't mess mm-hmm. anything up. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that Belichick should at least try to focus on, because knowing him, like he's always, um, I, I think he wants you. He wants you to play fast, but he also wants you to play smart. Yeah. Okay. Got to play smart. Yeah. If you if you, if you play too fast to the point where you've got reckless abandon, you're not really helping the team. And I'll be honest with you, I think that was part of a guy like Chase Winovich's fault. You know, he would always play fast, but then he was ever never able to celebrate. And when he would play fast, he would sometimes go past his intended target. He would go swing wide, and then the quarterback would step into the pocket, and then he would cause damage. So you have to play fast, but you have to be smart. Stay in your lane and make sure that you cause difficulty for the quarterback, running back, receiver, whoever's in that particular hole. And that's that's the biggest issue right there. I think we're 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 trying to get across here is that you know fast is one thing, smart is another thing entirely. And the smarter guy is going to always beat out the faster guy, just the way it's been. And you've got to think that that's what they're doing. They're taking the the these fast guys. They can teach them the smart. Sure. They can, they can mold them in the Patriots way. You can't teach. Speed. It, it's one of those things. So they've they've taken this year significant speed because sure. they were significantly slow the last couple of years. Absolutely. And it's just a case of can they mold these minds into you know the Patriots way that, that that you know that works within the system. And if if the majority of these guys that are quick they can, then they're really going to hit upon some gold with gotcha. some of these. Okay. Cool. Claire, it's always good to hear from you. Thanks, kiddo. No drama. Nice to see you. Let's good do it. You, guys. you got it. Claire in the UK. All right, boys, good job. Way to roll. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. We've got one final subject to tackle here on the program, all right? And it is one of the things that we talked about at the very beginning of the program, and it really is a simple question. Does it matter who calls the plays? Out on the field, offense, defense, does it matter who's calling the plays? I know to many of you it certainly does. It doesn't necessarily matter to me, but we're going to kind of discuss that next. I'd like to hear from you. 855-PATS-500. The number is open and available. Web radio at patriots.com. At JR Broadcaster on Twitter. John.Rook on Facebook. Ready, set, and go. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. 
There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. And welcome back into the playbook as we bring you your July program here inside the Patriots Playbook on day one of Patriots training camp. Uh, Open, done, over with. Patriots training camp back out here again tomorrow. Uh, Open to the public. Uh, I think they get started, when do they get started, 9.30? Are you guys doing uh, unfiltered in the morning as well again? Nine filters, nine fifteen. Nine fifteen, you'll be nine on. Filter, I said. Yeah. And how long do the practice normally run? Probably about eleven, eleven. And about two hours today. Yeah, so. about two hours. Now, that will vary. But if you're going to be out here, and and we know that you know there's a good crowd out there today. Although I've seen bigger open day crowds than what we had today. Um, my guess is is that those crowds will probably continue to pick up as we actually get closer to football time. And so, uh, the suggestion here is come early rather than late. Because you never know if they start a practice at 9.30, Coach Belichick might call it at 10.30. So if you're going to be out here, make sure you're out and ready to roll at 9.30, and they'll uh, I'll let you know. And, and if you ever have any questions, uh, the information is usually always posted right here on Patriots.com. Uh, as practice did open today, I did want to mention uh, that we have a newcomer to our staff here on Patriots.com and a guy who's actually going to join us here inside the playbook uh, regularly throughout the course of the season. And he's actually been one of our go-to media guys throughout the course of the last couple of years. Evan Lazar, who worked at CLNS Media, I think it was. Yeah, it was CLNS is where he worked. Evan Lazar uh, is our, our new staff writer uh, on uh, uh, Patriots.com, and he's got the update. In fact, if you want it, just uh, go to the, fr- the front page here today, and uh, he'll have the recap of what transpired at practice for you today. Of course, the bigger issue, and Evan will also be a, a, a part of the playbook as well once we get, jump into the regular season. So we're happy to have him because he's got some good media experience. He's got a good media following, and I would tell you that, you know, honestly, look, you tune into this show hopefully for a little bit more football. I don't say that without love and appreciation in my heart for everyone on Patriots Unfiltered. Okay, Matt works extraordinarily hard on that show, making those guys sound like they know what they're talking about. 
Give you the same love. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, well, that's okay. I appreciate that, though. Thank you. Yeah, as older guys, we sometimes need that. We, we definitely need that. But uh, I'm glad that Evan's going to be a part of the program uh, once we get started into the season. All right, so the biggest issue really to me today, uh, day one of training camp, and the biggest story that we talked about at the uh, at the start of the show, other than uh, Mr. Kraft being nominated as a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for 2023, which is certainly significant, is the fact that Matt Patricia was out there calling plays today. He's calling the plays during the 7-on-7 seven seven drills. He's calling the plays during the 11-on-11 11 11 drills. So does that mean Matt Patricia is now the quote-unquote de facto offensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows, and I don't think we're supposed to know. Now, maybe he will be, but he didn't have the title. And so my whole point is, why does it matter? And literally, because the Patriots may very well be, and I think they are, the only team in the NFL does not have a staff offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator on their coaching staff. It's not listed. They don't have that. Why is that? So my final group here from... uh, my Dean College Sports Broadcasting Camp. I've got Alex, i got Jake, and i got Greg in here with us today. Guys, uh, introduce yourselves. Tell me where you're from. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm from Western Massachusetts. Western, okay. I'm Jake, and I'm from East Providence. boy. Way to go, Townie. Greg? Yeah, I'm Greg. I'm from Leicester, Mass. Leicester, Mass. All right, so i got a couple of Massachusetts and a Townie from East Providence. Nice. Okay, so, guys, does it matter who calls the place? Um, I think... Well, there's three op- oh, there's three options. There's Bill, Bill Belichick, there's Matt Patricia, and Joe Judge. I think one of them has proven to be a dependable offensive coordinator. So Bill, back in 2010, he ran both offense and defense, and they went 14 and two. So I think he's proven that he can, he's he can run an offense or at least call the plays for a successful offense. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Joe Judge, in uh, New York. Like Daniel Jones has struggled, and I feel like Joe Judge has made like no effort to either change the offense, make it more simple, or how do we know that though? I would ask you, how do we really well, know that? Is he working behind the scenes? We're not sure about that yet, are we? Really? Uh, we we don't know that for sure, but from the touchdown to interception ratio, we can see that. Well, last year his quarterbacks threw 15 touchdowns and 20 interceptions, and. And the previous year, they threw 12 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Okay. So I think a big part of the Patriots' just lifestyle is being a, to adapt and to just to adapt to the situation they are in. And I feel like he hasn't adapted. So if he was run, calling the plays, I feel like Mac Jones was ha- struggling with a particular system that he's running. He's not going to adapt to it, and he's going to let Mac Jones kind of keep struggling. Okay. Jake, any thoughts on that one? Well, another thing from that 2010 season where Belichick didn't name any offensive or defensive coordinator, that same year the Patriots went 14-2, and he was named Coach of the Year. So that's still a factor of prior team. He's still here. He's got his two other guys, Patricia's back and Judge's back. And like Alex is saying, Judge and Patricia might have the best track records, but they know the Patriots system. They can help out a lot, and they can contribute whether – they're not under the name of defensive or offensive coordinator or not. Sound like you're kind of like me then. I'm not sure that this really matters a lot, does it? No. As long as it's a good team, they should be able to play well under anyone. Okay. Now, is it fair, however, that if this team struggles out of the gate, 
And, and we know that, you know, there, there, there are some choppy sections of the schedule that these guys are going to face this year. If they struggle out of the gate, is it fair to blame these guys for the lack of leadership or the lack of definition in their roles? It could be a little fair in that maybe they really do need a leader. It's a thing a team's got to figure out along the way, like who is going to be the guy that steps up. And if neither Patricia or Judge are the guys that step up, you have to think, who else is it going to be? So you could blame one of those two guys if they're not doing well. Yeah, well, I, and I think those guys probably have to be ready for that, right? Yeah. I mean, they faced a lot of scrutiny as the head coach when they were head coaches in Detroit and New York, and it didn't go very well. So now I think you know they're just largely uh, part of the reason why we don't see names or titles. I don't know that it has so much to do with you know monetary issues because obviously a coordinator is probably going to get paid more money than a, a regular assistant coach. I think it's just to kind of shield and protect them and let them sort of try to rebuild the rep, right? Don't you think? Greg, what do you think? Well, I, I completely agree. I don't think, like, th- that they need to n- actually name them as long as they work together and, like, all work as a team and they have the team, that they'll be fine. Okay. So what are your thoughts then on, on the, uh, the uh, on, a, on a play caller in particular, a guy who, you know, whether or not he's going to call the plays on offense or he's going to call the signals on defense, whatever it may be. I, is that a vital role? Is it an overrated role? Is it something that the players need for guidance, leadership? I mean, you know, if you've played sports at all, how much did you look for someone to tell you what to do? I think it's a pretty important role, especially to have someone be able to play the calls or just be a mentor for you. Like, Joe Judge is named a quarterback's assistant, so he could be one of those guys that guides Mac Jones, help him out in the transition from Josh McDaniels to him. Right. Okay. I got a question on the email here uh, from Alan in Texas who says, Hey, y'all. Love it. The y'all in there, right? With the apostrophe. Nice. Mac Jones' arm strength has been discussed and written about. Can he improve this? arm strength with arm strength lower body strength mechanics or is it a combination of all of it in your opinion how important is it that he increases arm strength is if it is important then how much can he increase it you guys anybody want to offer a thought on that one uh, i don't know how much of it is pure arm strength i think it has to do a lot with the lower body i think hip strength and glute strength is most of it because you got to really get your hips into it i don't think it's purely arm strength but I think something that you can improve on probably with either my ca- mechanics or just – or I think it's mostly mechanics but also just hip strength. Hip strength mostly? I think so. Okay. Have you played quarterback before? No. But Dak Prescott has made it very popular, his little pregame. His Dak dance? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get those hips activated. Right, right, absolutely. So it kind of has to start from the core, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strong arms, look – if you've got fast receivers, you've got to be able to get the ball downfield to them. But I think most guys now, especially when you're in year-round training sessions, they're not going to have what we would term a weak arm. They might not have an accurate arm, but I don't think it's weak. I think you're right. I think it comes from your legs, your core, your hips mostly. And then hopefully you don't do enough to strain your upper body because you have to rely on that for consistency. But honestly, I'm not sure that there's a quarterback in the NFL today who be, could be really considered a weak long ball thrower. You've got to have some distance, right? Yeah. At least that's kind of how I, how I look at it. So, guys, in terms of coaches who are uh you know uh i don't know 
calling the plays on both sides of, of the ball now. Defensively, is there any change from the offensive side? Is the defense, in your thought, uh, I don't want to say not important, but is it not as rigid just because you don't have – you do have some play calls on the defensive side, but it's not like it's going to dictate the play. The defense is mostly read and react, where offense is mostly attack. Does that change at all in your estimation in terms who should be calling or who should be lining up or who, sh- who should be putting the players in their proper positions? What are your thoughts about calling on the defensive side? I don't think – well, I think since 2018, I don't think Belichick has – well, ha- I don't think he's named a specific defensive coordinator. I think he's had – last That's year true. he had Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick, I believe, call yep. most of the plays. Yep. And I think he's completely comfortable with that. And because I think he trusts them most of all, I think Belichick, he he wants someone that he can trust and to call the plays. But I think he shadows around. He's like kind of popping in because he has a, one of the best defensive minds uh, as a uh, coach has had in recent years. So I think he has a scheme. I think he loves preparations. He loves that week that coming up to Sunday or whenever their game is and. He he's like okay, we need to contain this guy. We got to push this guy out of a pocket, and that's like their defensive scheme. But I think they last year they were man heavy. They I think they were third in cover one. Yep. So we'll see how uh, that goes this year because they lost J C Jackson and obviously Stephon Gilmore. They lost in um, free agency, so we'll see how man heavy they are. They might run a lot more zone this year, but I think he knows his players. He knows their strengths, and he studies the opponent and does whatever he can do to make the opponent very uh good stuff alex now you can't see this where you're listening to this program but i can see it alex is sitting here in a vintage throwback chicago bulls 1991 nba t-shirt what is up with that uh looks very good (laughs) it does where's mj i don't know I don't see. I don't see. He's got to be in there, right? Oh, there he is. Is that him over on the left there? Yeah, because they're all caricatures, right? That's a oh, cool. That might be Scotty. Yeah, you think that's. You look fantastic. I have to ask. Who yeah, right. Are you wearing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? I know. All right. I d- just because you're a fan of the Bulls or what? Uh, I'm a fan of MJ, but I don't know. I just really like the shirt and bought it. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> How long have you had that shirt? Uh, a few months. Where did you get a 1991 shirt from just a few months ago? Oh, I don't know. It's definitely not authentic. I just found it online. Oh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. All I right. wish it was authentic. All right. We like to digress a lot on the show, and, and that just caught my eye. And I'm like, does that really say 1991? You know, because in 1991, that was 31 years ago. You weren't alive, dude. No. No. You weren't, even, you weren't even a twinkle in your mama's eye. No. No. Nope, 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 nope. I barely was. I also lie a lot, too. So, All right, so I, I guess I get the, the next thing that we really need to kind of get to here as we start to wrap up the show is we've talked about calling plays. In some instances, it could be important, but overall, not really. The players still have to execute, right? Um, if it is a big deal, well, then clearly after what we mentioned this, Jake, three or four weeks, then maybe the coaches deserve to get some of the criticism. I don't know that a defined coaching role is going to necessarily help the team get better, and I think that's what a lot of people think. I think there are a lot of fans who are concerned that whatever progress Mac Jones had, as we just talked about, 
last year might get slowed this year because he doesn't have that quarterback whisperer necessarily in his ear. Who's to say that Matt Patricia isn't that? Who's to say that Joe Judge isn't that? If these guys are all on the same page, working together toward the same goal, and they need to win, and I think these coaches, as they try to work their way back up the coaching ladder, they need to win in order to be able to get that attention. If this team has success with this particular you know, backdrop, don't you think it's quite likely that they may get another shot somewhere else? I think it'll be defined as the season goes on, if they're having a learning record or if they're doing really well, they'll reveal who's doing what. Like You could think... Maybe they, like a player says, Matt Patricia's doing a really good job so far, especially this week on calling the plays. And yeah. so that will help him out a lot. It might very well be. If Matt's call, started out calling today, maybe next week it's Joe. Maybe they share their position. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Coach Judge calling plays before too much longer. I don't know if they'll go every other day. They might. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess, and, and and the day after. But I could certainly see where, you know, week one, one coach gets it, week two, the next coach gets it. Because we were sort of told during the, you know, mini camp of the OTAs that this is sort of going to be a kind of an open thing, and they were going to just kind of decide what was going to happen here uh, based on how these players practice and how they respond to the play calls that are made and where they respond the best is kind of the direction this team is going to go. So this is an open book. Matt called it in day one. I'm sure Joe's going to get his shot. There may be a couple of other guys on the offensive staff that may have an opportunity here because one of the things, and I know you guys know this because you did your research on the coaches, they give coaches an opportunity here to work their way up, right? Some people kind of feel like, you know, Coach Belichick's sons, you know, on the defensive side are here. Why? Because their their last name is Belichick. But he entrusts them with a lot of responsibility. And we think that at least Steve Belichick in particular has probably done his fair share of play calling already. Has he not? Yeah. Mixed bag, maybe. But he's learning. And you think about how players have positional battles battles throughout training camp mm-hmm. to use on the roster there's also coach battles see who could get which position who can work up the ladder faster. and i think that's part of the intriguing fun really if you want to put it that way it's just sort of the the uh storyline that we can kind of follow and have some fun with throughout the course of training camp hey not only are there battles going on amongst the players there's competition amongst the coaches here why not i think it's good and it's healthy and you know and if every other team has it look uh, you know, has def- a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, a, a position coach, whatever it may be. I, okay, that's great because you found somebody defined for that role. And if they screw up, well, they're going to catch their fair share of heat. If the Patriots screw up and we don't know who's in that particular role, you're already deflecting pressure. You're already deflecting criticism. Well, this is kind of a team thing, right? Okay, that's fine. But somebody's ultimately got to be responsible for the call, plus or minus. And I think it's Bill's way of protecting his guys. And he's helping to try to nurture them and get them back to, you know, where he feels they can be not only effective for the Patriots, but maybe for their own careers. I think that's one of the things that I like about Coach Belichick, and I've always liked about Coach Belichick. I think he has an intrinsic sense of loyalty to his guys, right? He's loyal. And, man, if you're playing for a coach in your own sports, right, don't you want a coach at least? And if you're going to go out and bust your tail for him, don't you want him to have your back somewhere else on down the line? I don't even know that Coach Belichick started out as the most loyal guy because you you guys know the history. When Drew Bledsoe got hurt, Mo Lewis plowed him over for the Jets, and Tom Brady stepped in back in 01, right? 
And Drew Bledsoe thought that Coach Belichick was being disloyal way back, you know, all all those years ago, before you guys were even born. But I'm just saying, here's, you know, a situation where you like to think that he's loyal. Everything that he's done in the past indicates loyalty. But at the same time, it's also a business, okay? We're in the business of winning here. And I think the track record has proven that there are a lot of decisions undoubtedly that have been derided, been complained about, been argued about. Oh, God, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And yet the team still stays competitive, and the team wins. Last year, this team went 10-7. and seven. They still made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. I'm trying to kind of look at the sunny side of the picture here, if you kind of get the gist here. Did they do what we wanted them to do? No. Did they get blown out by the Bills? Yes. Okay, Buffalo is clearly superior. They go into the season as the favorite in the AFC East. They should be. They earned it. I've always been of the opinion, you know, the champ is still the champ until the champ gets beat. Then the champ is not the champ anymore. And that's how I look at it. I always looked at it like that when the Patriots were the champs. I look at it now, Buffalo, they won the division. They deserve to be there until somebody can knock them off. I don't think that this division got weaker. I think this division in particular got stronger. Buffalo's still going to Buffalo. Miami has definitely improved. I'm anxious to see how that coaching staff reacts, and I'm wondering with the changeover in staff from what Brian Flores now to you know the the new regime there. I'm I'm wondering if that sets them back at all. And can the Jets be as bad as the Jets have been in the last few years? I don't know that they can be. At some point in time, they're going to come up and they're going to bite you a little bit. You have some on that, Greg? No, it's just I mean they're all all the teams are getting better. It's, it's like a, a more competition in the um, division. Yep. Yep. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Pick a winner in the AFC East. I think it has to be the Bills. Has okay. to be. Bills, yep. yeah. Bills are yep. a clear favorite, so yeah. I would pick them. You're definitely going Bills? All right. What's the Patriots' record going to be? I'll say I'll, I think they stay the same. I think they go 10-7, and seven, but they start off – they're going to start off slow. New coaching change, especially on the offense – I wouldn't be surprised the first five weeks they're like two and three, maybe maybe three and two, but I think they're going to have a slow start, but I think they're going to pick it up. Jake, what do you think? I would say probably nine and eight on just on the outskirts of a playoff berth. So you think they'll be on the outside looking in at nine and eight? The entire AFC has gotten better, especially out west with the Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs still, and all the other teams like the Colts and the teams from the north like the Ravens, it's going to be a tight race. I think they'd just be on the outside of it. So 9-8 and eight is not good enough to get in the dance? Nope. Okay, what do you think, Greg? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing as Jake, 9-8 and eight just out. But like they're, they're also going to have like that slow start and lose like the first few games. And then and everybody will panic. Yeah, and then they slowly pick it up, but they, and they'll be like right there. Okay, all right. Guys, good job today, man. Way to go. Excellent work. Thanks to uh, all of our, our broadcasters here uh, at Dean College today. I mean, I have so much fun every year when we're able and, and uh, uh, have the ability to host these guys. Uh, you know, our campus, our campus Frank in Franklin, Mass., is literally 15 minutes from here from the Gillette Stadium uh, complex. And, you know, we're very proud of the fact that we do have uh, an academic partnership with Craft Sports and Entertainment, with the Patriots, with the Revolution, with Patriot Place, with Gillette Stadium. And what that really means is, and we were uh, the first school in the country to have a defined academic partnership with an NFL franchise. 
And one of the things we've been proud of, and the Mr. Kraft and Jonathan and everybody really uh, with the Patriots, uh, they saw the value in what it is that we wanted to do and try to train uh, the next generation of people who want to work in sports. It's what we do. This happens to be the sports broadcasting, the sports media end of that. But we're also, you know, into sports management, sports marketing, sports sales, uh, sports conditioning, uh, sports science, all of that stuff. What we do, especially at Dean and our broadcasters here this week, utilizing the auspices of these radio studios and doing some TV work and giving them a chance to cut their teeth a little bit, and learn something, take it back to school. And then hopefully, like we said at the beginning of the program, Hopefully they're in here in my chair some year. They booted me out. And, guys, if any one of you does that, you're all dead to me. Okay? No, I'm just teasing. Super job. Super job. Appreciate all the time. Matt, thanks for helping the quarterback at all. So uh, we got Alex, John, Mike, James, Nick, Jack, Aiden, Brody, Aaron, Jonah, Alex. Alex number three, Jake, and Greg. As all of our teammates here today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, if you just caught the tail end of the program live and you missed the first part of the program, the uh, well, the, the podcast will be shortly posted right here on Patriots.com. Our next show and our final off-season program will be August 31st, Wednesday, August 31st. And that, of course, will be literally, what, eight days before the launch of the NFL regular season on that first Thursday night game. And then, of course, a little more than about 10 days right there before the Patriots play their season open. So we'll jump right into the regular season. But on August 31st, we'll have an opportunity to evaluate preseason and a lot of the things that these uh, young gentlemen from Dean College have been discussing here today with you on this opening day of training camp. So if you get a chance to come out to Foxborough, take a look at training camp, enjoy it. It's still fun to be a part of. Take a look at the new guys See what you think, and let's talk about it. Hit me up on social media. Thanks, Maureen. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.